Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Revolution, everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, all the folks here and welcome to all the folks listening online. Um, normally we, uh, well, last week would have normally been when we finished up Galatians, but we had a snow emergency, which ended up not being a snow emergency at all. Ended up being like, what, an inch of snow or something? And it was supposed to be like 10 inches of snow. So it was a nice break. I've just moved into a new place. I'm going through a divorce. And um, to be honest with you, it's pretty tough. I'm pretty heartbroken over it. Um, but I'm moving on and uh, got a new place here in uptown. So, and about to start having my kids 50% of the time, which is nice. And uh, also scary because I'm not a very good cook. And having to cook for kids 50% of the time because I don't think I can afford to take them out all the time, <laughs> which would be my prefer- preference. Um, but, you know, the Uptown Diner gets old after a while, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, so going through that, a lot going on. And I am just trying to soldier through and continue to do revolution and hopefully keep this thing alive because this is what keeps me alive as well. Um, this is my job. Well, thank you. Um, so it's hard when you have a job as a pastor and you go through tragedy and you feel like God's not there. Um, And you cry out to God to show up, and God doesn't. And that's where I'm at right now. Okay, so I'm not going to hand anybody a bill of goods. It's tough. One of the other strange things that will happen is that you will all see my children here. Not next weekend, but the following weekend I will have my kids on Saturday, so it will be weird. There will be two little ones running around, two more little ones. And uh, we'll figure out how to do that. Uh, That'll be interesting. Um, Before, you know, today was just going to be best of Galatians. um, Because I like to just, we've already gone through Galatians and we finished it, but I like to cover the best parts that I I really liked. Um, But I wanted to talk a little bit about a, a tweet that... I um, found by someone named KB, um, and I don't know a lot about them, but they're just um, KB lower dash HGA, if you're looking for them on Twitter. Um, They just wrote this, there are zero exceptions to Christ's command to love your neighbor. No religious exceptions. 
no sexual exceptions, no ethnic exceptions. There isn't even an enemy exception. God calls us to stand for what is right, but never to hate those we perceive as wrong. Um, he got over 13,000 likes um, and 95 comments. And it's funny, one of the comments was like, well, we're supposed to hate sin. I mean, not the sinner, but we're supposed to hate sin. Everyone's always looking for an asterisk when it comes to loving others. We all do it. It's not just conservative Christians. It's the liberal Christians as well, as we're looking for an asterisk. No one wants to love their enemies. It, um, because it makes it uncomfortable. I mean, that's why Martin Luther King always said that People weren't the enemy. Misinformation was the enemy. And he saw people as victims of misinformation. And if you think about mental health, sometimes that's a lot of misinformation in your head. Information getting confused and and messed up and mixed up. It's strange. Um, but I really liked this tweet so much that I tweeted it twice. Because um, the first time I tweeted, I just wanted to be right. This is one of the reasons I still identify as a Christian. Um, it is. I follow Christianity. And I follow the example of Christ because I believe this idea of love. I really do. And that's what keeps me here, and that's what keeps me showing up every week. Um, I don't always believe in the man in the sky. I don't know. I don't definitely don't believe the Bible, Bible is literal. Um, so, there you go. That's... That's kind of where I'm at right now. And we'll go ahead and kind of see the lenses of that through me right now. I may try to get someone else to speak next week. I don't know. Um, So I can continue getting my apartment ready because I need to start a new sermon series. And I don't know what that new sermon series is going to be yet. I keep thinking Romans, but oh gosh. That book is full of some real... Real problems. Got some issues there. Might have to start picking other books than the Bible to read from every now and then. Um, But here in Galatians, which is my favorite, and I wish I could just start the Church of Galatia and we just read one small book, and that would be Galatians forever. (laughs) People might get bored after a while. Uh, But... It would be better life for me. Um, also, if you're listening online and you're in the Minneapolis, Minnesota area, I am looking for some part-time work maybe in your church. <laughs> so I'm looking for some part-time work in, in uh, other churches in town. So if you know any churches, 
let let them know. I'm going to probably put that out there somehow. Galatians 1. Um, I'm going to look at 6 right now. And it says, I'm shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who in his love and mercy called you to share the eternal life he gives through Christ. You are already following a different way that pretends to be the good news but is not the good news at all. You're being fooled by those who twist and change the truth concerning Christ. Um, that's really the problem with so much of what we have today in the church. But it's also a problem because we have so many mixed messages in the Bible as well. We have a library. The Bible is a library. It is a collection of books. Um, they will not always harmonize. If you went into the library, you don't expect the library to harmonize and be completely on the same page. But for some reason, we think that God handed down the Bible from heaven or directed every hand, jot, and tittle. And we don't realize that human beings wrote this book. Inspired. I believe they were inspired by God, but I believe there's errors and there's mistakes and there's people who they miss it, and we also have to live within the context of the time that these books were being written in and where they were being written and the traditions. We have to bring all those into account. Um, otherwise, we miss it. We miss context, and context is very important. Um, but even here, Paul is saying there's people twisting and turning the truth. And what the twisting and turning of the truth at this point was, was that they were saying, grace isn't good enough. You need to go back to the law. You need to do this. You need to be circumcised. You need to practice certain holidays. Um, what we do now is we just go, okay, well, you need to be straight. You need to be... Uh, tithing 10%. You need to be having your life together. You need to, you know, not have lust in your heart. You need to be whatever, you know, that these things are. And um, you need to be a Republican or you need to be conservative or you need to be this or that, you know. And it's twist and turning and changing and we interpret, everybody interprets their own way. I mean, my own father interprets it through, like, thinking that somehow our president is chosen by God and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it, it's twisting and churning in tr the truth. Um, but I also understand it because if you feel like God is this just ultimate ruler power of just entity, you just think maybe it's a puppet show. Even though I know my dad's not, um, not a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he's not a Calvinist. You know, he believes in free will, but also believes that God's somehow master and controller. So, um, but people have twisted and, and turned the truth of Christ. The ultimate concern with Christ, the ultimate concern and a commandment that Paul reminds us of, and we'll read it in a second, is love God with all your heart and equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. These Everything is covered. So if these things are getting distracted from or getting um, 
blurred, we're missing the point. And sometimes the Bible itself blurs these things. And I've always said if the Bible gets in the way of loving other people, throw it out. What is it the Buddhists say? If you meet Buddha on the street, kill him. (laughs) Cut his head off. Well, if the Bible is in the way of you loving others and caring for others, it's become an idol. And you're practicing what I like to call Bibolatry. (laughs) And it's easy to do. Uh, And it's hard to let go. Because I've been told my whole life, this is the ultimate authority. This is the book of answers. This is it. You know, and it's hard to to let go of everything that was taught in your brain. I've 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 been very light on what I've talked about religion with my children because of this. Because I was so taught to believe that this was it. You know, that I felt like I didn't have a lot of choices. Like I was brainwashed in so many ways and just thought and I want to be free to think certain ways. You know, I want to be free to ask these questions. Thank God for people like Peter Rollins, you know, who, um, I don't know what Pete believes, but I know that I'm able to sit down with Pete and say, I don't know if I'm feeling this way. I don't know if I'm thinking this way. And he says, yeah, you're, you're heading towards the right direction. And then he's telling me, you can still be a pastor and have these questions and these doubts and it doesn't have you don't have to be this literalist anymore you can be free and preach you know because i thought well maybe it's just time to go get a job and forget doing this and maybe god has just divinely put pete rollins who is my best friend in my life (laughs) he wouldn't like to hear that but pete is keeping me from giving up that's where I were sitting here right now. Um, that and the fact that I have two children that live in Minneapolis and Minnesota, too, and that's kept me here as well. Because <laughs> if it wasn't for those two little tykes, I might be in a car driving somewhere sunny. Um, <laughs> um, Paul goes on to say, obviously I'm not trying to be a people pleaser. No, I'm trying to please God. If I were still trying to please people, I would not be Christ's servant. And when I first came out as an ally for my LGBTQ brothers and sisters, and I know recently there's been some more letters added, and I'm just slow to it right now. IA+, um, which I don't know what that means yet, um, because I'm old. And I'm trying to keep up, but I'm going through a divorce, so I'm not online and keeping up with all the new hip shit. Um, obviously, I'm not trying to pe- be a people pleaser. No, I'm trying to please God. If I were still trying to please people, I would not be Christ's servant. And I realized when I said, I don't think it's a sin to be gay or lesbian or bisexual or transgender, these are not issues that I think our sin issues. I was not trying to be a people pleaser. They, I got accused of being a people pleaser. I got accused of saying, oh, you're tickling people's ears. But my church went from being over a $100,000 a year church we, to nothing. 
I had to lay off my whole staff. And this is incredible. We had insurance. Revolution Church provided insurance for people. That blows my mind because I'm going through a divorce and I'm about to lose my insurance because it's through my wife and I'm going to have to get my own insurance and I can't barely afford it. I don't even know if I can't afford it. You know, but we lost it. We lost all that. We lost everything because I said this and then I was still being accused of pleasing people, of tickling ears. And, you know, what I wanted to do was I wanted to follow Christ to the best of my ability. And it was all of a sudden I had a conviction that wasn't popular. Now it's a conviction that's okay and it's, you know, people aren't shocked by it anymore or anything like that. But at the time, I mean, it was something that was really bizarre. And I'm not trying to be like, oh, look at how ahead of my time. I wasn't ahead of my time, man. There were people way ahead of me. Um, people that paved those, there was, I was walking down a street when I went there. I wasn't walking down the bushes and stuff and like creating a new path. There was a pathway already well laid ahead for me to walk down. I was just going, I was just an evangelical who happened to be a famous preacher's kid as well. And so people were a little bit more shocked by it because I wasn't, you know, a mainliner. But I wanted to be Christ's servant. And so often when we're Christ's servant, we aren't people pleasers. Often when we go, love your enemies, do good to those who persecute you, you're not being a people pleaser. The fact that I still have a relationship with my father is I'm not pleasing people. You know? That I haven't written him off because there's more to it. It's complicated. There's issues. People are, you know, it just, I'm so damn tired of us writing each other off so easily. And so we just go sit in a room and go, well, we'll all sit together and they'll all sit together and we'll all just be separate. You know? But unfortunately now, it's like generational. It's so generational that it's splitting families apart. And I don't want to be a people pleaser and say, yeah, fuck them. I want to be somebody who says, okay, I'm going to try to love them. I don't understand them. I think they're victims of misinformation. And I'm going to try to hopefully expose that to them through love, through grace, through mercy, you know, and sometimes that love and grace is hard. Sometimes it's tough talk. You know, I love my wife and my, you know, very much. But we have to have really hard conversations. And I have to say tough things to her as we go through this divorce and mediation. It doesn't mean I love her any less. It just means this is the reality of where we're at and this is a part of the communication and things that have to happen. That's just what happens in relationships. This relationship is ending now because we resented each other and didn't get along anymore. But it's just, we love each other enough to know we don't belong together. Sometimes that's love, folks. 
it sucks, but it's, uh, it's, it's love. It's not people-pleasing, but it's love. Is that okay? My tank's a little on empty, folks, so I'm having to give you what I got and give you from where I got. Paul goes on here for a second. I'm just going to hit this real quick. We might. This might be a two-parter, folks. Uh-oh, a two-parter cover of Galatians, which is good because that gives me some more sermon for next week. Um, here it says, My salvation which I preach is not based on mere human reasoning or logic. For my message came directly from revelation of Jesus Christ himself. No one else taught me. Now here he's trying to toot his own horn a little bit because he's being told that he's not a real apostle. So he's trying to be like, I am a real apostle, and I was taught by Christ himself, so put that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, but not based on human reasoning or logic, and that's true. Grace is not always human reason or logic. That's why I still like this book. That's why I'm still showing up on Sundays. That's why maybe some of you are still showing up here. That's why maybe some of you are listening online, which is weird to me because I don't listen to any podcast right now. So I am really grateful for anybody who listens online because I know it takes a lot of time to just download stuff and choose to listen. Thank you for that. Um, but you know that's why some of us are still holding on. Uh, I, that quote I read you earlier, though, I had somebody reach me and say, I don't want to believe in God anymore. I don't believe in God anymore. I don't believe in this stuff. I think it's hurtful. And I don't want people to get away with hurt being hurtful. I don't think grace lets people being, get away with being hurtful. You know, I think grace forgives people, but but it's like you put your hand on a burner. Okay, remember the old burners when they were rings? I still love you if you're my kid and you put your hand on a burner like that. You're going to have a ring on your hand, a little ring burn scar on your hand for the rest of your life. And I'm still going to love you, but you're going to have to pay the price for doing that. If you hurt someone or steal from someone or do something for that, you have to go to prison. I will still love you, but you still have to pay the price for what you've done. I can forgive you, but you still have to cause and effect this still logically happens in this world. Is that okay? Um, man, preaching out of pain is weird. And I can't believe I'm so cold because it's like 35 degrees outside, which is like a heat wave. And I'm wearing a leather jacket right now. Um, I'm on the divorce diet. So this jacket has been a little tight. And now it's not. It's loose. So I'm going to enjoy this jacket while I can. It's my favorite jacket. I put it on the other day and I could zip it up. I was like, oh, yeah. Um <laughs> When, that, when, when you don't see this jacket, you'll know I've met someone. <laughs> Next winter, when I'm in my regular jackets, you'll be like, oh, Jamie, I just must have met somebody. He's wearing the regular jacket. Even these jeans are old jeans from New York. Hadn't worn them for a while. 
<laughs> so, um, I'm going to skip the part here where Paul gets okay from the... Oh, no, wait. Let me see if I can... One of the things that Paul says here is he goes to meet with um, with the leaders of the church because he wanted to make sure that they agreed with him. And, you know, he wanted to make sure they didn't, you know, and and, and see what they thought. But he also says... But what, but what they really thought didn't matter to me because they're mere men. Ultimately, their opinions were just, they're just humans. Now, if Paul's saying this, Paul's also saying, guess what? I'm a human being too, so sometimes you're going to disagree with me as well, and that's okay. Can you imagine if we all realize that we're equal with Paul? and Matthew, and Mark, and Luke, and John, one of the communities, they we're all equal with these writers. That they're not special. That we can sit down and argue with them, and wrestle with them. And, I mean, I don't, I don't read the pastoral epistles anymore at all. I think they're complete frauds. It doesn't line up with Paul. I mean, it's supposed to be written by Paul, and it's like Paul has completely gone back to the law. I actually wrote, I read a book um, that was almost impossible to find because it's a professor wrote it for his thesis or something, but it's called The Problem with the Pastoral Epistles. And I mean, and he goes into it mathematically, like just even using words of like, this is not Paul, you know. Um, so I will not preach from those books. I've had other pastors tell me, well, don't you think there's some good stuff that we can get from there? I'm like, there's some good stuff in those books, but I'm not going to be reading them because I believe they're, they're frauds. Anyway. And he also talks about being spied on because his his... his partner who was with him wasn't circumcised and now they wanted to force him to be circumcised and all this stuff and it, it's just crazy but it, it, it is just Christians getting into other Christians business people getting into other people's business and we see it all the time on social media I recently just got back onto Twitter um, which I thought I would never go on again um, but my wife for some reason is really into it so she got me back into it for somehow and um and and it's just weird to watch the same old kind of seeing if each other are circumcised or not. <laughs> I used to follow a lot of really legalistic people because I used to like to fight. <laughs> so I've realized lately I've just been like, delete, delete, stop following, stop following. And, you know, now I'm following like therapists and mental health people and things like that. Um, And then we'll jump over to uh, Galatians 2, uh, 20, where Paul says, I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And that's an interesting thing because... 
sometimes we have to retrain ourselves to think differently because our brain has makes connections with things and makes trails, little roadways. What is the word I'm looking for? Pathway. Neuropathways. And sometimes we have to retrain our brain to change those neuropathways. And I think that's what Paul's saying is I'm having to, I can't live all the time because I want to go back to the law myself because I was an expert at it. And I have to change these pathways in my brain. So I have to let Christ live there. You know? I have to do it because I have to retrain my brain on how I love and how I think about people and how I feel about living in Minnesota and all these things and just rebuilding these neuro, neuro, neuro pathways to, to, to rethink or how I feel about myself. You know, I am really have a lot of self-doubt and I really think that I'm a mess up and that I'm a screw up and all this stuff and I'm having to train the way I think. And so some ways I, I need Christ to be alive in me and I need Jay to die a little bit. I need a new way of thinking. I need that love that never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. That's Colossians, I mean, Corinthians. I have to have that. I need that. I have to love my neighbor as myself, so I have to learn to love myself, so I need that new pathway that says, Jay, I love you, you're okay, you're worthy of love, and you're not a screw-up just because you can't figure out your taxes or because you can't you know, figure out how to get insurance on your own because you have to ask somebody else to help you or you have to you know, do whatever. And that's what Paul is saying here is, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I'm having to have a change of life, a change of thinking, a change of thought. So I live my life on this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am not one of those, now listen to this, I'm not one of those who treats the grace of God as meaningless. For if we could be saved by keeping the law, then there was no need for Christ to die. Now, I don't care if you believe in uh, atonement theory or not. I don't like atonement theory myself. I don't think God needed flesh to die. Um, But Paul did believe in it. And I like what Paul's saying here, given his belief system, as he's saying, I don't treat grace as meaningless because sacrifice Christ made for me would be meaningless. He's saying, I just don't want to treat it, I don't want to make Christ's death in vain. I don't want to make grace in vain is what he's saying. I don't want to go back to the law because when I go to the law, it makes grace meaningless. When I go back to works, it makes grace meaningless. When I stop trying to see the other side or the bigger picture, it makes grace meaningless. You know, recently I was in a very rough conversation with someone and there was another person there, and the person said, Jay, you, were, you did a good job because you basically went on top of the building and looked down at every aspect rather than just yours. And, and, and that's how we have to treat grace, is seeing, seeing the different aspects of people's lives and ideas and where they're coming from. Blessed are the peacemakers.
Um, who, uh, trying to think of an example here. Um, I can't think of the example off the top of my head right now. We'll just move on for a minute here. Um, we'll end with this, and then we'll we'll come back and finish up the best of Galatians <laughs> next week. Um, oh, foolish Galatians! What magician has cast an evil spell on you? For you used to see the meaning of Jesus Christ's death as clearly as though I had shown you a signboard with a picture of Christ dying on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by keeping the law? Of course not. For the Holy Spirit came upon you only after you believed the message you heard about Christ. Have you lost your sense? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you trying to become perfect by your own human effort? You know, he's saying, why are you going back to these works? Why are you going back to these deeds and trying to do that? He's basically arguing that you accept that you are accepted. And that somehow through this acceptance, somehow through accepting grace, there's something transformative there. That's what he's saying. So let's just bring that down so it's not all magical, okay? He's just saying through self-acceptance, something happens. Something changes. And when we don't accept ourselves and try to become good by circumcision and obeying certain laws and certain holidays and excluding other people and doing these certain things and saying, well, this will just be the way I do it. He's saying we're missing out. Accept that you are accepted, and then maybe you will be able to accept others as well. That's the message there. That's the message I'm getting out of there. I mean, and the radical thing here is Paul is fervently believed that his Gentile, that that his Gentiles' friends were full members of the people of God. This was a statement of Paul's life's work. You've got to remember, when Christianity started, it was part of Judaism, and Gentiles were not included in that. Gentiles were seen much like a few years ago my LGBTQ friends were seen in the church as not allowed, unclean, no questions asked. It just was like, nope. You can come if you're celibate, but that's it. You know? Plan on living a celibate life or marrying someone of the opposite sex and making their lives miserable and your life miserable as well. That was it. There's your plan. There's your choice. And that's what they've, that, how people felt and how Christians felt and how James, the apostle, felt 
how Peter struggled with, you'll see Peter struggles in this very book. You see Peter, the apostle, struggle with sitting with Gentiles or not sitting with Gentiles, not knowing if they're accepted or, 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 or forbidden. You see the, to- the terror that he has inside and the, and the conflict that, that Peter, the rock of the church, is torn inside with the idea of, do I sit with these people? But they're not clean, and I've been told they're bad, and I've, everything inside me has always been said this is wrong, and Jesus is just for us, not for them. And Paul has to say, you freaking hypocrite. You know, it's for everybody. And maybe today we'd have to sit down with Paul and go, Paul, you freaking hypocrite. You got to sit down with everybody. I don't think, I see the scripture very differently on how Paul talks about gay folks, but um, we'll get into that another time. But, you know, but we might have to do that with Paul. Because love evolves, love grows. God is love. Love is ultimate. Love is infinite. It's one thing that we can pass on that goes on beyond us. And that's a great gift. So thanks for listening today, everybody. And uh, we'll get started uh, next week on on a little bit more of three and then four, five, and six, and then maybe we'll finally move on. So um, if, you, if you'd like to donate to Revolution, you can go to revolutionchurch.com. There has not been an update on our uh, site in a while because we've lost the code, and I've realized that... They won't give us a new one because we don't have the old email anymore. And so it looks like we're going to have to set up a completely new website because they said they won't work with us without that email. So there's a tragedy. Um, it's it's just, what is the site? Uh, it's revolutionchurch.com, but Tumblr. Yeah, our Tumblr is completely... We're shut out of the Tumblr, but you can still do PayPal on the Tumblr and make your donation there, and uh, we'll get it, and we definitely need it to keep this thing going, um, especially right now. And you can also go to our Facebook page, and which is Revolution Church, and make a donation there. Um, so thank you so much for listening, um, and we'll talk to you next week. It's Revolution Church. A post-Christian production.